0: The following is a presentation of Octo Radio, a Star Wars podcast.
1: How did I choose to win? The question is. You must learn to see things differently now.
0: What's going on, Rebels, and welcome back to a rewatch between worlds. This is... Technically, episode one, I can also say welcome back because we did have an episode zero. This is the first of our actual rewatch journey. However, if you're starting here and you want to go back and find out a little bit more about our journey with Rebels, you can always do that. Or if you want to just jump right into the show, we are happy to have you. We're starting here with season one, episode one, Spark of Rebellion. As I noted in our uh, prologue episode, and I will note again here, two-parters will be covered together uh on this show just for the fact that they are you know longer stories and it's okay to do that i think we don't need to cliffhanger you in the actual podcast well for a show that has been around um that doesn't make much sense in my mind (laughs) Uh, i am joined as always by the incredible the uh what what are some ridiculous adjectives we can add the omnipotent oh that's a good one nikki kumar
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Bendu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the ubiquitous. He's everywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, everyone. It's uh, super exciting to be starting this with you. Um, I hope you're all super excited for a, a Rebels rewatch, a rewatch between worlds. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. And what, what an opening we have for you.
0: Yeah, this was uh, an event—a a t- a TV movie—to kick things off, um, not dissimilar to traditions that uh, to what has become a tradition rather with uh, the Bad Batch having a 70-minute premiere, um, Clone Wars, of course, having a movie, um mm-hmm. you know, forged together out of some of those early uh, episode plans and stuff, and so. It's exciting to see that they kick things off in a big way. Uh, they even sold this as its own DVD, and you know what? I hope it sold well because this was yeah. a lot of fun. I you can
1: rate this on
0: letterboxd Oh yeah, by itself, <laughs> isn't that how you have to? That's how you get rebels into your ranking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how you Elliot. have to do it. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I have the nostalgia. I can already feel it welling up inside me. So. This is going to be really exciting. Again, we are watching, of course, on Disney+. Plus. I also do have the Blu-rays because I'm a moron. I bought all four seasons on Blu-ray from Target, and then Disney Plus launched. And I was like, well, zero regrets. Uh, The cool thing is that uh, most of our listeners, I'm sure, have Disney Plus. So that actually uh, works out rather nicely. Of course, there's a two-parter, so we'll let you know when we're changing over to part two. So, the way that this show is going to work is that we are going to commentate over Star Wars Rebels, but it's not going to be a one to one, you need to sit down, hit play at the same time as us. Ideally, I would love for this to be a conversation that you could listen to if you just know the show, if you just know the characters, if you just want a, a good analysis of it. What's on screen will guide the conversations, and we, of course, will refer to it, come back to it. But, you know, if it's uh, an action scene with a speeder and they're zooming around, uh, <laughs> forgive us if we talk about, you know, the scene that came before a little bit longer we will also be covering rebels recon which star wars uh, digital team star Wars.com's, uh, and the youtube team have curated into a nice playlist on youtube if you want to jump in and check out some of those great segments with andy gutierrez pablo hidalgo chopper and uh, the entire lucasfilm family so without further ado we'll count you in nikki do you have any preamble that you want to you want to give
1: before we begin spark a rebellion i'm oh, in uh i I guess i I will i will just encourage anyone if you didn't listen to it the prologue episode we recorded is probably the best preamble you could hope for um we we cover a lot of good stuff a lot of great feelings watching this show but yeah i mean outside of that i think it's yeah it's just just super excited super excited to do to hit that little sideways triangle because i'm waiting waiting a long time to uh get back into rebels for sure long have I waited.
0: We'll actually have to wait a little bit longer for that character. We but, will
1: get there. <laughs>
0: uh, we will get there. Uh, I, I said that almost like in my brain thinking like, oh, Palpatine's not in the show. And then I
1: was like, oh, wait, some of the best Palpatine is in the show. I think we're about to see him right now. Or oh, no, yeah. that, oh, that's later.
0: Yeah, he's at the this is the other of... This is
1: the other hologram scene. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. He's in a hologram. Later on, it was Sam Witwer. Then they replaced him right. with Ian- We'll, we'll get there. Um, so the yeah, Empire so
1: loves these kind of these of <laughs> scenes, though. <laughs> they do.
0: The Empire is all about, I mean, even Moff Gideon and, and Rampart. Yeah. Like, the Empire is all about checking in, yeah. bureaucracy, red tapes, make sure everything's in line, maybe raise a planet and kill some people. Who knows? I'm ready. I'm Jazz. Let's do it. This is it. Uh, Star Wars Rebels Season 1, Episode 1, Spark of Rebellion, Part 1 in 3. Two, one, go. It wouldn't be Star Wars without some great shots of large, large destroyers panning over the camera.
1: Yeah. Again, I think the the Star Destroyer model was the first uh, thing they revealed. And here we are. So the, the Darth Vader helmet, it's one the of the best. absolute best iterations.
0: I, for my money, it is the best looking Vader. It's my favorite. Uh, I understand if some people prefer the classic shape and that they're thrown off a little bit by the macquarie esque style of it, but mm-hmm. there's something so angular and like vicious
1: about yeah. it being sort of pointed. It's just that, that perfect Macquarie concept of the one where he's like striking in.
0: So here's our first original character. You want to talk a little bit about him?
1: um yeah yeah the, the grand inquisitor is, is a fascinating thing and and again this was a big deal when it was announced because the inquisitors were this legends concept right that are now being um you know brought into uh the star wars canon proper i suppose and so it was really exciting to to see what that was going to be what he was going to turn into and then voiced by jason isaacs i think Probably a lot of fans who cross pollinate with oh, you know the their early, early Harry Potter or the Harry Potter movies um, love him as a villain. I'm sure a lot of fans would have said, "Oh, put Jason Isaacs in Star Wars someday," and uh, here he was.
0: Yeah, that was a great casting choice. I mean, he and again, also an early sign of the maybe one day we'll use this in live action, and we'll you can yeah. see that 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 mentality develop more and more and more and more. Um, but yeah I think that he just has such a regal presence very imperial but also he's alien and also he's a force user so it sort of touches on a few different aspects of Star Wars and seeing those aliens in the empire is also something that you're not used to seeing which I Mm -hmm. think sort of adds to their visual importance like a child watching this could definitely appreciate um, the specialness of all that but absolutely here of course we have uh, what We'd be remiss if we did not mention what we've all come to know it as—the Aladdin origin yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Which I really and, appreciate.
1: Uh, just because it will be such a, a visual, you know, keynote. I, I just want to go back really quickly to that shot of Ezra waiting on the tower. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because that will come back.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that tower again. Like we mentioned in our prologue episode, I'll repeat it here. Um, it's got the the entire Macquarie ethos sort of wrapped up into those shots of sweeping landscapes, the natural world, but also um, the technological standing out. Very, you know, uh, indicative of the direction of the show, but it evokes those paintings in such a big, Mm -hmm. bad way. Tons of great details here too, from the entire animation team of graffiti and really fleshing out the world. Like, yeah, they didn't have the cloth budget and yeah, they didn't have the budget for big climactic scenes and, you know uh some stuff I've seen has pointed out that lots of early rebels isn't is in tight close up you know of of characters, and mm-hmm. they do a lot of cutting away that way that the shots are short and and manageable, but you get your graffiti, you get these fun outfits, you get your different species, they do what they can to flush things out
1: yeah absolutely and um I just I remember the color palette just being such a unique pop from the, from the clone wars. Um, it's almost like colors you wouldn't expect. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of like with the graffiti, like bright orange, purple. Absolutely. You can tell and, why. right?
0: <laughs> and that was something that I, like I said in our, our prologue. And again, I'll, I'll repeat it here. I thought that Sabine in particular was to earth. Mm-hmm. And, and even Ezra too, I was like, this kid has blue hair. Like yeah. that's, that's what I'm questioning in 2014. Like, now I, w- I would dunk on myself on Twitter for such yeah. a ridiculous complaint. But yeah, it just, it, it took some getting used to seeing sort of like a, again, painterly and sort of pop art Star Wars in certain ways. But yeah, th- this whole sequence too, with Ezra immediately, before he even knows the ghost crew, respects them because of the, the criminal elements, element of their crew. Like, yeah, and of course, he likes.
1: yeah, and of course, we already saw that that feeling he can't explain, right? Yeah, um, which which Kanan can, um, but but yeah, it's 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 a great intro to them all, and I also just want to laugh again that the first time I watched this was technically on my phone in French. <laughs>
0: that's that's hilarious to me. I did not see the French leaks, but I love that.
1: Yeah, so I was very much sort of like, which was a, also a really unique. Um, way to experience these characters because you're, you're learning through action and, and movement more so than dialogue. Yeah, and so, I mean,
0: that's so Star Wars.
1: Yeah, so it's... Uh, it, that was really interesting. But, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great little action sequence to, to get started. And I also love Kanan's... I remember just seeing Kanan's blaster and being like, that's an interesting choice because I think that's the one Luke pulls from the guard in front of Jabba. I think it's that blaster, oh. um, and which means it's always associated with the underworld, right? It's not that DL forty four rebellion uh, sort of style blaster, mm-hmm. and so I think it, it was kind of funny and like interesting to give a hero a blaster that I don't think we've we'd seen any like coded good character have.
0: Right, and and with Kanan, they do such a great job of conveying these themes of both the cowboy archetype and also the samurai archetype. Like, yeah. he, he's got the visuals of both and he has a, a very, like, cavalier sort of, you know, swashbuckling aura to him. He's, he's immediately set apart from other masters in a way that I think, well, because he's not a, a master in a literal sense, but these mentor characters, he's not anything like Obi Wan, he's not anything like Yoda. He immediately feels like almost a blend of a Han Solo and an Obi Wan, yeah, uh, in a certain way. And right there, we get a great bit with Zeb's character, um, that comedy coming through. One thing I wanted yeah. to touch on though, that we that we missed here was not that we missed what we were just talking. Uh, Sabine saying that's a pretty gutsy move, kid. So even though she's only two years older than Ezra, she has so much. Darkness in her past, and feels so grown up that yeah. Now that we know her full story, again, this is the, the beautiful part of a rewatch. I can see why she would call him kid because she does feel like a grown up. She mm-hmm. Sabine's youth was taken from her, you know, by the Empire, yeah. which is such a uh, an aspect of the character that I, I resonate
1: with. Which which is also really a point of tension in this season alone. When you mm-hmm. get her her and, and and Sabine sort of feeling left out of the picture. Because she probably feels she deserves that thing because she sees herself as an adult in the room, right? Yeah.
0: And again, the voice performances right off the bat are so great. I mean, they bring so much life to these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way that they convey the likability, again, uh, real recognized real. Like, they, Ezra's out hustling them. But then he, of course, needs their assistance. And so it... It puts everybody on this great level
1: playing field. And one of, if not the greatest ship in Star Wars.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah.
1: It's so special. And I, I think, um, you know, I've had this conversation a few times about why. It's like, you, want, you, you think about the history of Star Wars, like, of course, it's the Millennium Falcon, is the, the hero ship. And, but why does the Ghost like stick so hard and it's like design wise it's very cool super cool i love the like the sort of uh world war ii era bomber like cockpit mm-hmm. bubble turret kind of thing um but i think what what really makes the difference between the ghost and the falcon is the ghost is a home yeah. and like you, you the falcon is a home too but you don't really see it in that aspect and yeah. and that's like I think it i think that's why it connects so hard it's why you know uh serenity and firefly mm-hmm. you know it's just very similar to that where it's like you know it's not just the ship leading the the galaxy fleet at the end of the saga you know it's 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 not just this action hero moment like it's it's special because it's home
0: absolutely you said it so beautifully there i mean this is like you said with the Falcon, the Falcon, we know that Han and Shui live there, but we don't see, partially because it's the runtime of films versus the runtime of television, but Mm -hmm. we don't see them waking up or going to bed. We don't see them having conversations about problems and friendship in the halls of the Falcon. Whereas here, right here, even through visual storytelling, we already know where Sabine sits. A first-time viewer um, can make that connection. And you're like, oh, okay, so this is a crew that's A, been around a while you know they have a rapport but also they have really put their personal mark on the space around them
1: we see them eat space waffles (laughs) yeah yeah, it's true we we see breakfast they do breakfast and and we
0: know obviously like like we'll talk about in a few episodes from now but that that mailer run episode and Mm -hmm. yeah uh i want to ask you about zeb real quick because he has he is the walking embodiment of that Lucasfilm philosophy of nothing ever gets thrown out. He's probably the ultimate example because he's a, a design that predates New Hope. He's yeah. The chewy design that never was. And he gets turned into not only a character, but an entire species, an entire culture, and he, now it's permeated into Fallen Order and other things. So how did Zeb sort of stand out to you as the heavy or the the comedy, like, you know, before he really had much depth? Yeah. What did he
1: do for you? I, I definitely, like, I had an instant affection for Zeb. Um, I think, I, I also just sort of like that archetype character. It's like, I, I like Wrecker for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I I, I just, I, there's something kind of like, <laughs> I don't know if you'll like me saying this. There's something kind of cute about him. And mm-hmm. especially the way they animate his ears for for, like, emotion. I always thought that was very, like, just kind of a nice like uh um sort of endearing feature of his character design but uh, yeah I think he's I think he's funny I think he's good humor I think uh the relationship he and Ezra have throughout this season is such a like high point um and he's performed amazingly of course by by Steve Bloom and so yeah I I, I definitely had a good connection with Zeb and I, I still do I think it's it's maybe a tough shake because obviously we've talked about how much we love Sabine um, who's doing great stuff here <laughs> and uh, and we love Kane and the Jedi. So it's like, sometimes I feel like Zeb sort of gets under talked about, mm-hmm. but I still, I still super love the guy. I was, I was always like really afraid that he, they'd kill him. I don't know why, but yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's something that we talked about in our prologue is the lingering specter of doom is yeah. all over the show because at the time, we had now star wars fans i think we've fully been trained into the if i don't see the body and even then if i don't see them blown into the smoother into atoms and even ahsoka then that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like i really uh you know seeing ahsoka in season two and all this stuff now i'm just like now my thought process is oh how are they going to work them past the movies yeah versus well they weren't in the movies, so they certainly can't continue on This show created such a beautiful um, language for Star Wars fans to sort of consume canon. Like watching this show now and thinking, "Oh, I wonder where Callus was during the original trilogy." Instead Mm. of thinking he has to be dead, Um, yeah, great introduction to his character as well because he really is such a despicable um, guy in the original seasons.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great journey he goes on. Um, That's gonna be so great to watch over, you know the. Yeah, countless episodes where there's a count uh you know it it'll be a while before he really starts paying off but i think it's what's so important about making him the annoying you know he's not quite villain a right um he's still sort of the annoying villain at this point um and then yeah where where he ends up going is is so good
0: now these shots see the ghost landing in the grass and Establishing Lothal in these different ways and showing the land and it gives it so much life because Rebels also you know it's something that we should highlight. Rebels focuses on one world more than anything else in Star Wars. Yeah, and it really had to be a character. You know, this Tarkin town. Uh, you know, essentially this this World War ghetto that they are that they force people into. Mm-hmm. Um, these 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 rundown full of Macquarie designs. I'm looking at this guy. I know, right? I don't think I even
1: noticed that guy before. I never like, did either, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> uh, great.
0: Yeah, this guy, uh for people that are just listening along, there's a guy that is absolutely the original uh Luke Star Killer
1: design there. With the like headband. Yeah. Um yeah. Well, Vizago. Here he is. I think there were there were of course a lot of early why is this not Hondo? Yeah. And it's not a, obviously. It's not a problem later. <laughs> um oh, certainly but, not. We get a, a healthy, yeah. a
0: healthy helping of Honda. Yeah,
1: but I think I think it's. I never felt that. I think it's fine. Yeah, and I
0: think he's new, car- new
1: characters are great. You know.
0: Yeah, I, I like Visago a lot, and again, lots of classic uh, aliens here. Um, one aspect that I think is underrated about this is how great Ezra is. Because a lot of people were annoyed with Ezra. A lot of people say Ezra's their least favorite Rebels character. And I understand that it's hard to latch on to the youths. He had the same complaints lobbed at him that were lobbed at Ahsoka, except not as vitriolic and sexist. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he is a great eyes in in different ways. You get the intimidation and the wow factor of a a creature like Zeb. You get him doing a force jump and not realizing that he's force jumping. And you get to see through his eyes how this all is expanding in terms of his power, in terms of his relationships, even something funny and like, you know, teen rom-com-y, like Sabine taking off her helmet and him having, you know, uh, googly eyes for her immediately. yeah, Something like that sets the table in such a great way.
1: Yeah, and, and we have to go back to casting again because they've, they've talked a lot about how that is Taylor Gray as well. Like, he doesn't know the Star Wars universe in the same way Ezra... At this point of his life, doesn't know what's going on, yeah. and I always love the conversations about how Freddie Prince Jr. and Sam Witwer very much embodied their characters to Taylor. They were the two two guys on the shoulder guiding in terms of just Star Wars mm-hmm. knowledge, right? And so it, that's always such a great dynamic that plays out with um with actor and character. Absolutely,
0: I love all that so much, and I think that uh. Vanessa Marshall is also a great example of that because she is does have such a regal presence, such a yeah. guiding presence, such a warm presence, and it comes through with Hera
1: in such a big, bad way. It's it's um, so weird, like um, even just briefly meeting her at Celebration through a through a signing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just she is so Hera. Like it's it's, it's like talking to like, you are talking to Hera, but it's like it's like talking to Hera. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: this scene with his uh cane and saber and finding the holocron i mean it's so mythic and Mm -hmm. the way that they do so much with so little and like this room is it's a small room you know again like close-up shots they were so smart with their money just letting kevin kiner shine who is again a hero oh he
1: comes up so big in this series yeah
0: it's unreal yeah, yeah. phenomenal stuff but yeah so he's able to expand these small moments and instead of an obi-wan saying your father wanted you to have like and he finds it on his own you know it plays into mm-hmm. his uh resourceful
1: um loath rat uh origin story as well yeah and we haven't gotten there yet but in the timeline of life but um it's very similar to ray finding the the mm-hmm. skywalker saber um and yeah it's 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 just that mythology again it's like what calls these people to you know into action and and you know how does the force speak to them and how does it guide them to discovering who the most important people in their lives are going to be you know and uh yeah it's it's super cool and i just want to say kanan's lightsaber top great top three maybe
0: hill designs
1: it's so good
0: Here's that common room, you know, which speaks to what you're saying about home. You've got not only the built-in seats, but there's an, it looks like an additional chair behind Hera. Yeah. Um, There's, you know, the lighting fixtures. It looks very, uh, it looks lived in, Um, you know, it's got that lived in aesthetic. Yeah. (laughs) Very important to Star Wars. Not that uh, shiny aesthetic of the prequels. Um, Yeah. We love the prequels. And the prequels do get their, their love later on in the show. You can, you can track the journey that Lucasfilm went on from really like, you know, uh, when Lucasfilm was acquired by Disney, there was a very like, let's emphasize what they like, like you know, yeah. like, original trilogy. Woo. But by 2017, it was like, we're going to say Darth Sidious in a movie. Like it's yeah. a, definitely changing rebels. You can witness that happen by season two. It's, Oh, there's Rex. Oh, there's B1 battle droids. Oh, you know, it starts to really come together as um,
1: connective piece right and it, it's it's also like just on behalf of you know Filoni and and the crew that worked so hard on the Clone Wars like you know obviously such a great opportunity to to pick up stories or pick up characters that you know where they maybe had the feeling had the plug pulled on them you know and yeah. it, I think what is so it's it's something that Star Wars some Star Wars fans still to this day struggle with this idea of cameos and Mm -hmm. and small galaxy and you know it's it's always about what are you actually doing with them Mm -hmm. and I think Rebels is one of the great examples of you know taking the opportunity to say we can use these people for you know, deepening of our current story. It's not just about oh I, I want Rex because oh we need Rex. We need like Rex comes in because he he aids the story of this core group. And you know it's 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 always super you know, it's it's a super important start, part of Star Wars. I think it's part of the, the mythology is that these characters come in and you know interact and weave in, weave out and you know it's 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 like it's like yeah that's what it's about. It's like, yeah, I want, I want those characters, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about serving the themes. It's about what they're contributing and the fact that in their story, they're the main character. So you get to look at it as, yes, they are a guest star, but they're also weaving in and out of, you know, the, 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 I always say the tapestry, you know, what, what is happening in terms of the overall arcs, Mm -hmm. um, on a, on a less uh, soulful and thematic note, I would like to say that the Stormtroopers and Rebels are the best. Yeah. Uh, they look so good. I love the rounded, bulbous helmets. Yeah. Um, level I, I really
1: liked the uh, Thai pilot design in Rebels. Yeah. I also thought that was a super cool look. Because, um, like, yeah, it just kind of felt like you don't see them as much without the, like, in the movies, without the just headshot in the pilot seat, right? Like, In A New Hope, you see him sort of walking with Vader down a hallway, maybe. But, um, yeah, it's cool to, like, see them more full-bodied and stuff.
0: Yeah. So that is the ending of that episode, of course. Uh, Carrie Beck, Dave Filoni. This one was written by Simon Kinberg and directed Mm -hmm. by Stuart Lee. Definitely want to highlight everybody along the way. Um, So we're going to be switching over to part two. Uh, But before we start it, uh, I just want to say about that ending, that the first of many Hera rallying speeches is great. You know, they risk, yeah. their, you know, they would risk their lives for you. They need you. It's, it's her showing that she is such a great judge of character and has such a, I mean, she she's the soul and the mom of this group mm-hmm. um, in so many ways. And the fact that she's able to already see that this kid in ways that Kanan is resisting because Kanan who witnessed the force jump and feels the the ping of, of destiny around him mm-hmm. already is like, I don't believe you. Like K- Kanan's resistant because Kanan's a broken man. But he, Hera, he's afraid. And yeah. he's afraid. He's afraid. He doesn't yeah. want, he doesn't want for this kid what happened to him, yeah. uh, which which we have now seen depicted in comics and in animation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hera immediately does see, like she has with Chop since she was a kid, like she does with Kanan and Zeb and Sabine. She sees, one more misfit toy that will fit in perfectly, yeah. With you know, and believing in this kid, um, and then also the hairless Wookie gag is just great, uh, <laughs> yeah. Which it's, was a great way to establish that Zeb is hairless in some parts because you can't yeah. tell looking at the character model later yeah. on in Fallen Order when you see Jaro to Paul, you can see what parts are skin and and really like. But that is a beard on Zeb. Not just longer fur, which is yeah. which is interesting.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, just that whole end sequence um, definitely. It's it's so it's so perfectly Star Wars, right? And it, it doesn't uh, like Rebels does not shortchange you on this uh, this aspect of sort of like you know just running into Star Destroyers, like it's 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 taking the Death Star rescue of Princess Leia and just giving that a lot, and it's. It's it's its own version of that, and I think there's there's something about Star Wars where it's so like I I can't remember the phrase. It's always the message of it has always stuck in my head. I can't remember the words she used. I remember, it's Amy Hennig when she was talking about her now canceled Star Wars game. I want to say the the words were like breezy danger or something, mm. and I always feel like Rebels is always so good at that where yeah they just three three people just went onto an imperial ship joking, right like, <laughs> like yeah. they, or, and it's like uh its it's such a like key thing feeling in Star Wars, and then so that's always fun. we're going to get a lot of that in rebels, and then oh, yeah and then uh, yeah, like you're saying with Hera, just the these are the stakes for this family now, you know, like we have to fight for each other. It's like Sabine just said, um grab a crate, you know pull your pull your weight like here here we fight for each other. And it's like, are you going to, are you going to be here or not? And with Ezra,
0: it's, it's the real um, social uh, and political idea that we're seeing right now. You know, a lot of the times in like activism and and sort of like more left-leaning politics, which (laughs) in case you didn't notice, Star Wars is um, in a lot of ways (laughs) uh, for people, (laughs) people listening. uh, I'm sure people listening get it. Uh, But yeah, like it's, will you fight for someone you don't know? That's mm. something that you heard a lot in 2020 coming out of of some of the campaigns that I personally subscribe to. And will you fight for someone you don't know, I think is such an important philosophy because they don't know this kid. Uh, and that's what Hera is emphasizing. And he doesn't know them. And he doesn't know the people in town that they were giving supplies to. He doesn't know Visago. Vizago doesn't know him. Like it's about ideas first. It's about hope first and and you can have all of that, all of that rich thematic tension, and have you know that breezy danger, as as you were saying, because that goes all the way back to New Hope. I mean, we credit a lot of that now to like '90s stuff, like you know your Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and you know even even Marvel now gets a lot of credit for like quippy action. But it, I mean, it doesn't get much more uh, <laughs> a breezy dangery than Han Solo with the boring conversation, anyway. Like that entire
1: yeah. that entire sequence establish its own <laughs> exactly yeah. get in there i don't care what you smell
0: like yeah oh, yeah, <laughs> like, that's, <fantastic>. yeah. <laughs> it,
1: it, that's that's always, always so funny it's like marvel the marvel humors and star wars it's like yeah. you know the the marvel humor is the star wars humor right? yeah like, like, Kevin like Feige sort of, will tell he, you that <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's it's funny um but yeah it's that is a great it's a great um stopping point for that for that break um yes even though when it aired it just aired one f you know continuously right right. so
0: we will jump right now into part two so uh if you're watching along with us i'll count you in again if you're not then just uh keep those headphones in and let's rock and roll spark of the rebellion part two in three two one go
1: all right While while we're here with them on that like gazanti sort of transport Mm -hmm. very cool seeing that in live action in the uh the mandalorian oh yeah the the light cruiser yeah yeah they did a great job in
0: uh in really all the tv side sort of a realizing different toys um realizing things from animation to live action sort of crossing things around like later on you know season three of the show has great amounts of synergy with rogue one with your Mm -hmm. u-wings or things like that so uh, it's really cool to see how
1: um, they're able to combine different styles. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great point about Rogue One because it, it's it's so key to what Star Wars is doing now as well where mm-hmm. things are in production together. Even different teams, different departments, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you can tell it's why it feels like so much of Bad Batch might feel relevant with Book of Boba Fett or Andor, you know, stuff like that because they when they when when they're in production together, they feel, you know... That, that kinship and Rebels definitely has that with Rogue One as we get into the later parts.
0: And that's the purpose of Story Group, you know, and that's what's so misunderstood about Story Group is from the outside looking in, a lot of people think they're crafting story. They're not mm-hmm. crafting story. They're a, a, a guiding resource of somebody. Yeah. somebody in animation can say hey, um, do we know if there's a ship that we could tee up here that would make sense in this context? Then they can go over to ILM and they can have that connective tissue through story. And that's so powerful. And um, this uh, artificial gravity sequence, by the way, is one of the first examples of something Rebels does a lot, which is really Mm -hmm. creative action blocking. Yeah. And stuff that maybe would look a little bit too over the top for live action. I mean, I'm sure we would all love and embrace it um but it, it sort of is a great way to show off different characters strengths in a different high stress scenario kanan is still a quick shot and you had ezra's um slingshot there chopper flying through chopper always flies with sort of like a bulky grace
1: yeah because he's, he's literally just got like an afterburner hooked up yeah. in his undercarriage <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's not like the, the r2 um cool yeah. rockets he's just like i'm flying through like a bulldozer yeah.
1: Yeah, and this, this part's so important just to show their skills. Um, but yeah, now you know, we get into the, the real drama of it all. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And sort of the, the relationship that Zeb would have with Callus is sort of teed up here, if you know. If you're watching it, you could sort of almost sense a pang of fear mm-hmm. in him, which I think is the advent of rewatching. watching um, But again... Zeb already has that that soft spot. He can't do it. I mean, this is something that we see a lot in Star Wars. Of it's all about the next right choice. Yeah, it's all about the fact that appreciation and mutual respect and and again, love for the things and the people that you don't know. That's Din going back for Grogu. Mm -hmm. He can't. They can't leave the kid. Can't not after what he did. He's one of you now.
1: Yeah, just really great. Economical dial. I think that's that's a word that we'll probably use a lot for Rebels. Economical, like uh, the, doing so uh, much with so script little.
0: Script economy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the
0: word real estate.
1: Word real estate. That's what it's about. <laughs> I, but again, like you think about how much one one episode of Rebels affects us. Take Twin Sun, right? That's that's twenty like five pages, like. Everything accomplished in that episode in twenty-five pages. Like it's it's just so wild how like I, I just the most like uh, like reverence <laughs> or reverence for uh uh you know that ability to craft in such little space. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even there, like just two characters exchanging a look after they chastise Zeb and um and Even that they're not mad at Zeb, it doesn't cause a rift in the group because they—it is desperate times, you know. Mm-hmm. You you might have you might actually if that if Ezra was an adult man that you didn't know, maybe you would leave him.
1: Yeah. How many but... hard decisions have they made
0: already? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And again, that's something that we see with Cassian and and with different characters like Saw and Draven and all those guys. But um, right here, the, the great the start of a great running gag of my name is Jabba. Yeah. Which pays off in a great way when you get Lando and he's actually met him. So that obviously changes things a lot. Yeah, Man. (laughs) They do so much with so little in this show. I have such an appreciation now for the fact that this Mandalorian and Rebels, like, it's the same interrogation holding room every single time. And it always has dramatic shapes. Like, it's, it's again, it's economical. It's It just makes a lot of sense. And uh, even the storytelling here with he doesn't need to have dialogue. He doesn't need another character in the room. That holocron is enough iconography and resonance for Star Wars fans. And even if this is your first Star Wars, though, you know it's the Force.
1: Yeah.
0: This is such a moment.
1: How excited were you when that happened? Such a moment. And I don't remember if they put this in trailers or not. I can't remember if it was a surprise. It maybe just didn't, it's hard to feel like a surprise now because it's just so ingrained yeah. in, in how it feels. And but because um, it's,
0: it, the message is also in other things.
1: Right. Uh, every but I
0: survivor think, sort of has that moment now. Yeah.
1: And I think this was the first time we got that message. Right? Yeah. I don't think we'd ever seen it depicted. Yeah. So that was that was just, yeah, that was a lot emotionally <laughs> how great would it be to
0: see Ewan actually perform it yeah um and maybe he, he has his own copy of it or something and yeah and the kenobi show but yeah see getting that voice cameo from james arnold taylor of course is a mm-hmm. i'm sure a very reassuring nod at the time in 2014 for clone wars fans to feel like oh our story still does matter you know because at the time remember this is also the canon upheaval of them saying nothing counts except clone wars and this one comic son of dathomir like yeah. that, that that's about it
1: yep and then uh ezra's obsession with helmets begins
0: <laughs> it's a great little character thing because yeah. like with art with sabine him being a collector of something, you know, just an, an object that he likes. Like yeah. it's just something that you don't get to explore in a two and a half hour um piece. And and this I, I that's something that I always loved about Rebels is that it got to inject individual passions into the characters in a way that even the Clone Wars didn't. Like the Clone Wars used its real estate to make the clones individuals, which was a task in and of itself. Here mm-hmm. They're taking our core cast and showing us what are some things that they enjoy, which goes such a long way because you don't really get in Clone Wars. Um, you don't get to know what Obi Wan likes to read or write mm. or collect. Like it's war, and here it's war too, but it's more of a boiling, you know, sort of sizzle. So yeah, you get more. You get more That's, breathing um, time.
1: Which eventually became one of the like lost missions was such a key part when you go to Anakin's bedroom <laughs> in the in the mm-hmm. temple and he's got the pod racing poster right, and like that's just that littlest flash of like how do they what what do they do like day to day and um yeah, rebels of course gets to do that <laughs> yeah rebels really embraces the word buckethead and
0: they do you know, yeah yeah. You gotta wonder if that's like a, a Lucasfilm behind-the-scenes term. Yeah. And maybe they were calling it Bucket, because that even that carries through to Resistance. I think like and... the
1: cosplayers call them Buckets. Oh, like yeah. The 5 of yeah. 1st people. Um, so, yeah. It's, a, it's kind of a cool way to sort of colloquialize.
0: I also think that Star Wars Rebels and Resistance would go on to do this a lot more because it was geared slightly younger, but Star Wars Rebels having that... Um, oh, that's such a good moment. Yeah. Uh, the, the the symbol with that's gunpowder. Ah, it's awesome. Uh, I Or I guess whatever the space the equivalent explosive of gunpowder is. Explosive residue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rebels embraces a slapstick comedy style when it needs to and when it's effective. Yeah. In a way that's perfect visual storytelling for kids. Like Zeb yanking Ezra on board this time is a good way to convey that he's now I'm looking out for you extra,
1: you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not making that mistake again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it's funny because it's paired with dialogue that is very confrontational. You know, yeah. so it's like, you know, where the, you know, where the heart is actually. Yeah.
0: That right there, the, I don't have parents and that look, it's like you do now, son, yep. you do now. Oh, it's fantastic.
1: I feel like um, what a what an interesting conversation Harrison and Dula and Qui Gon Jinn might have about picking up life forms. <laughs> oh, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, it'd be hilarious. Or even young Obi Wan Kenobi, He'd probably roll his eyes at them. Yeah. The entire group is them picking up what is a useless life form, mindless life form. Pathetic, is it? Pathetic, yeah. Yeah. Pathetic. Alexander Callis, um spelled in such a great Star Wars way by the way yeah. Alexander um best best sideburns ever possibly I think so
1: I mean yeah he's up there with with a uh, is j general burnside yeah, yeah <laughs> where yeah, yeah. it comes from <laughs> <laughs> he's, he'd, he'd make him proud um I let's let's get this out of the way wookies yeah let's, let's let's get that out of the way <laughs> we got it that's got to be talked about um so funny and also just because like we saw wookies in the clone wars and they looked a little less smoothed out <laughs> a, 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 little more, a little more detail a
0: little more yeah. detail
1: you could say and it's really this is really cool seeing kessel you know comparing it with with solo and i i think um i think matt martin when this when solo came out did like some little drawing to show, like, because people were like, "How come they like did that?" And they got because you know, of course, Star Wars fans will, yeah. will want the details, the insignificant details. Um, and he sort of like did this cool drawing, I think, to explain the sort of like Ma scenario versus mm-hmm. what is different about this particular part they're on. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's and cool just when to it have showed that. Showed up connectivity. In, uh,
0: Clone Wars season seven with Trace and Rafa that looked like a significantly different part of Kessel. And so really you're, you're fleshing out a picture of a complete world. Yeah. This is so great. I love, I love whenever Wookiees get the W. Cause they are so perpetually taken advantage of. Yeah. And, and, and hurt that when they get to be this mighty and proud people that we know they are, it's always great.
1: Yeah. I I always end up pointing to Wookiees as my favorite Star Wars like alien species Mm -hmm. and i think i think that's like a large part of it like they're just perpetually the underdog like and even though we know like like i mean we saw in revenge of the sith like they are as as sophisticated as anything Mm -hmm. but uh
0: and that's such great like um i don't know subversive would be the word but it's 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 an inverse actually like of power dynamics like they are established as this can rip your arms off so powerful so m- the mighty chewbacca like he's not mm-hmm. just chewbacca he's the mighty chewbacca but they're also the most victimized species yeah and how i love wookie kid sorry <laughs> oh no the Wookiee is great he's,
1: so good.
0: he's he's great <laughs> in the tradition of gungi and now
1: Buryata, of cute yeah.
0: Wookiees. Like- i always
1: forget his name I-, I need to find this now while we watch Man, oh, yeah, sorry, sure. go, on, go on with what you were oh, no, no, no. saying.
0: No, yeah, that was pretty much the whole point. It's just like Star Wars shows that power and like natural strength or size, like that stuff doesn't really matter. Like mm-hmm. you're all bound together. You know, the smallest species can be mighty and the largest species um, can be taken advantage of. And yeah. that's why you need to to stick together. But this right here is... This is... Pure magic. The dodging of the blaster bolts yeah. without without blinking. Putting the two pieces yeah. together. The
1: music. Like the, the surprise, right? Like the Wookiees are like, oh shit. And yeah. like just everyone, everyone knows. And then the callous line. Yeah. That like this scene for as incredible as Rebels goes on for four seasons mm-hmm. still an absolute highlight oh
0: like, yeah it's an amazing oh. payoff because I, I i've i've almost i'm curious of your opinion do you think they should have not shown the blade in the first episode in the first part rather
1: i don't know because i i don't have like the same relationship with like wanting to be surprised as other people do yeah because i remember this happened a lot with Snoke's death, and people are like, why are you showing it? Why are you, why are you showing the saber turn? Like, don't you just want the edit of like the surprise blade on the side? Mm-hmm. And I was like, for me, not really, because it's almost like it's like dramatic irony, right? Like, yeah. like you know what the characters don't, and so and it's also
0: it's also making you wonder if Kylo Ren will
1: succeed. Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, it's not this huge issue. I think, yeah, I and think I don't, I
0: don't necessarily think that. I just wonder.
1: Yeah, so. no, I know, I know it is a thing.
0: Um, but it yeah, is still I mean it's still effective nonetheless because you've seen Ezra hold it obviously zero experience but now you know who Kanan Jarrus is in 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 totality like yeah. what is it like in the hands of Jedi and the fact that that is said here
1: Yeah and I think uh, the surprise the surprise is not that Kanan's a Jedi the surprise is that he's willing to risk exposing himself now Yeah as a yeah. Jedi And so, like, that's why I don't think it's about not showing the lightsaber until now. Because we can know that about him, and we're actually getting something deeper about the character by having seen it, by showing him do this now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you have Callus, without realizing it, correctly label them as Master and Apprentice. just He didn't, you know, they didn't know that yet at the time. And how that plays into, like you're saying, that aspect of his... (laughs) oh that's so oh that's so great I forgot about that, <laughs> I forgot about that. that's such a good gag um, yeah, yeah. This, the world building aspect of now Kanan has revealed it and we get Kalasea like a rare find these days it's like it's setting up this because this is uh, five years prior to New Hope so it's, mm. it's setting the table for the presence or lack thereof of survivors in the era and it adds sort of that, uh, that gravitas to the moment. And, and like I said, for those of you that are following along, timeline-wise, it's five years prior. There's the four seasons of Rebels, and then Rebels ends a year before Scarif. So mm-hmm. if people are curious, that's where we're
1: at on that. Yeah. And it, it, the Wookiee child is named Kitwar. Love you, Kitwar. Joining all sorts of great young Wookiees. He's like, bye, see you. Kit, Kitwar was at the Battle of Exegol. No one, dude, I, I believe it because those Wookiee gunships are in the the fleet. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're in there. Um, yep. Yeah. So he's there. It was Kitwar because we know Wookiees live forever anyway. Dude, Kit, put Kitwar in sequel post Tross series, man. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Dude, Kitwar. It, when when Ezra shows up in live action, he's got a Wookiee companion, and it's Kitwar. Dude, if it's. <laughs> Kitwar deserves the world, man. You're like, Jonas Swatomo, you want to play Kitwar? Yeah, absolutely. I love the pickpocket. It's (laughs) such a great touch. Yeah. Even Chopper having a bit of affection for him is such a great storytelling device, too, because you establish how difficult he is. Uh, I mean, they, they haven't even fully established how difficult Chopper can be yeah. at this point. But you get the idea that he's crotchety and he, it's that, that wave of
1: approval. That's, that's what makes Chopper. It, it's those moments where, because you see when he cares, like he cares. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, I think it's what people connect to so much with that kind of character. I mean, for anyone who's a Ted Lasso fan, chopper is Roy Kent right like (laughs) like he is grouchy grumpy go screw yourself but when he cares he cares and you see it and it's it's so endearing it's it's like it's like one of those pure magic tricks of of character work I
0: love Kanan evoking the Obi-Wan quote binds us penetrates us all that stuff Mm -hmm. because I I I it and Ahsoka I believe also says it in Mandalorian season two, it makes you wonder like, is that a Yoda quote? Like who told Obi-Wan that? Is that, is that part of the doctrine? Is that in the texts? Like it's just such a nice sort of connective tissue to, to emphasize that everybody on the Jedi path is, is a learner, is a forever learner. Yeah. That, that you all, you're starting from the same places and it puts Ezra on the equal um, footing with Luke.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's an, it's a really like interesting way just to like, yeah like show, show what a Pat, like a Padawan is because kind of like at this point we've seen very, we've like, we've known exceptionality, right? Like for all we know right now, Kanan was average student. Right. And whereas before our Padawans are Anakin. Oh my God. the, The chosen one. Uh, that the air of that around him or obi-wan um, as a padawan you know he yeah kill, obi-wan kills maul like, kills the first sith lord in a millennia yeah. and um and then ahsoka of course is, is a big deal but kanan sort of being like yeah like maybe the b student <laughs> of the temple and mm-hmm. and yeah just sort of parroting lines i i think i hope i'm not making this up because like, it's in my head somewhere i think later on he says something and ezra's like where'd you hear that's like i don't know it's something like Jedi have said or whatever I think um, it's something
0: Master, Master Yoda used to yeah
1: and like he can't director. fully remember it yeah you know but he's like I remember like the sort of profoundness of it um and yeah, yeah. it's it's just cool to see that side of a of student
0: and he's been on such hard times and I love that moment there of him sitting in his room looking at the Obi-Wan hologram which by the way uh that young uh, Obi-Wan Rebels model that you only see in the hologram is great Yeah. He he looks really good. But yeah, you get this um, uh, such a great moment with the Inquisitor. He's immediately intimidating. And also a great use of the uh, Utapau species. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think that that moment with Kanan is one of my favorite moments in season one. It's so powerful. Uh, This one directed by Stephen G. Lee, written by Simon Kimberg. Um, Simon Kimberg, by the way, if people are listening, uh, it is the same Simon Kimberg who would work on X-Men. So there's your uh, comic book connection. But that Kanan moment is so powerful because it's twofold. It's I'm meditating on what I should do and, and, and touching my Jedi heritage for the first time in a while, you could assume, uh, because his, when we meet Kanan, the blade is stashed in the room. He's not wearing it on the belt, yeah. even in two parts. Um, and so he's, he's looking for that guidance and reaching out. But it's also, he is brutalizing himself emotionally. He's putting himself through grief. You know, he hasn't forgiven himself. And, and the Grand Inquisitor will play on that later by invoking Deppa Balaba, And, you know, what was it she said to you? run away? Like all, all that stuff that... <laughs> which that they
1: comes, then show us. Yeah, which we <laughs> then got to see,
0: which is the pure, uh, uh, the pure Lion King. Run away, Simba. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like to find the path, he has to sit with pain to the only artifact of Jedihood that he has besides his own saber is this message that reminds him of when his life collapsed. And he yeah. has to sit in that and really ruminate on that. And that's something that all of them will have to do at some point where Zeb will have to do that with the man that he believes genocided his people. Hera will have to go home and have multiple levels of Difficult homecoming and reconciliation, Sabine, I mean Sabine has some of the biggest ones with Trials of the Dark Sabre and the Duchess yeah. and all these storylines, and even Chopper, you know when we get Chopper's little origin beat. So so much yeah. of this is coming to the front. and Kanan gets to have that first um setup of an arc of ruminating on the pain, making the decision of like, I'm gonna make a connection with this child, and then where that takes us by the end, um, which of course we'll get to later on in the show. so. I think that this is such an effective start. And Star Wars is great at first episodes. I mean, Mm. The Mandalorian Chapter 1 is Aces. Uh, The Bad Batch premiere was Aces. The Resistance premiere with Poe and Kaz. But this is the one that started us not only for a show, but for an
1: era. Yeah. Did it land with you immediately? I remember
0: thinking again, and this is this is trying to call back yeah uh, an, 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 a less fully formed opinion, but i I remember being unsure about certain things on a surface level, like thinking like oh zeb you're you're just muscle guy like mm. writing writing off some of the characters, but by the time we got that second part, again, it was that Kanan stuff because I'm such a force lore first person, yeah, like the Jedi is my favorite part of Star Wars that once I realized wow we've got master apprentice uh the the message of obi-wan the explanation of the force the great uh samurai moment that was also very comic book in its way which i guess makes sense because Greg weisman and kimberg are such comic book guys but even Filoni with anime as a big influence the dodging of the everything like by that point i was hooked so it wasn't like a wow what an opening but it was a Damn, the show got me. All right, I'm in. Like, it, yeah. it was that type of feeling.
1: Yeah, you, it's like yeah, definitely that feeling of like I'm here for I'm here for whatever this is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think I think just a little, even for me, like this happens with a lot of shows, really. But like, you don't. I, I also sort of feel the same way with the Clone Wars movie. It's like mm. you don't really get to appreciate it until you have the whole journey as much. Um, it like I think that's sort of me with a lot of season one of both probably yeah like clone wars movie and season one of clone wars and then season one of rebels while while being i think a really good tight season one for rebels at least i think i didn't really 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 um you know put it all emotionally together until maybe just having the next season and so i think yeah it, it definitely wasn't a case of not a fan not gonna turn in yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, it, it definitely, this, these took time to, to really realize what the, uh, the, 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 the good stuff was.
0: Absolutely. And, it's, it, and it embraced the decompressed nature of the storytelling. You know, like this is the show and we keep having to learn this lesson, but this is the show that was like, nothing's filler, man. We're, we're yeah. kicking this down. Character building is important. Um, and I love that for them because again, this is, Dave Filoni as supervising director, as well as you know the rest of the Rebels team, you know uh, Carrie Beck, Athena Portillo, everybody involved, Gilroy. Um, this team isn't playing in the Clone Wars where everything is like there is three years here to tell the most bombastic, big, uh, high stakes, dramatic, uh, war torn espionage stories. Like this is the slow burn to a New Hope, which in and of itself is not a slow burn but in and of itself a slower star wars movie that leads to the battle of yavin which is the kickoff to something so much bigger so yeah rebels gets to uh play a little bit more and like and like you're you're, you're touching on there like find that soul be that thing that can say let us show you what we're about um even if you know you're unsure at this point you know they knew what they were yeah. doing they knew what they were yeah. up against i mean this absolutely had the, this had a rushed production timeline Mm-hmm. Where I think uh it's like sixteen or eighteen months to get this show from sketch to complete yeah like it was it was nuts, and characters were being designed while scripts were being written, and it was you know uh, Lafa was being designed before they were really hundred percent sure what the story was going to be on La mm-hmm. um they just knew they wanted a home based planet, so it's a it's a really um, really powerful testament to the to the expertise of this team, and uh, yeah, it's so powerful. So t- tell me a little bit about what you're taking away from this in terms of character and theme in Spark of Rebellion.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think having watched it now, just sort of like almost reveling at how fast they get to it, mm-hmm. like just how well. Because yeah, usually you know maybe you do take more time to to peel back layers um on you know who are these people what are they about but I think yeah just sort of having watched that I was you know not as uh it wasn't as much in my mind at how fast they just establish what they're good at like what their sort of vibe is and then yeah the stakes the the stakes of what it means to be in this crew and what it means to be there with each for each other and um and yeah I mean it's it's one of those things where it's like (laughs) like on on any good rewatch it's like things have gone dormant in your mind right like just since 2014 you've compartmentalized and you've added different things and you've focused on different shows and and whatnot so it's almost like coming back in and re-revealing sort of the feelings the emotions that you remember before and you're like oh yeah yeah. I like this stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean it it's like you said, like that speed, that pace of Star Wars pace, how much ground they cover is really, really surprising, honestly. Like I almost forgot when I think back on this, I think about Kessel and I think about the Wookiees and I think about meeting Ezra in, mm-hmm. in the streets of Lothal in the market. I forgot how much we get into Callus. I forgot mm-hmm. about how much world building there is for the time. I forgot about how early we see Tark in town. Like They really put together so many pieces of what this crew does, not just them meeting, but what is the ghost crew's role in the galaxy at this time. They are a crew of, like Ezra even asks Sabine, you know, like, are you guys just thieves or what are you? Like they are um, almost in the tradition of Robin Hood at this point of any small job that needs doing. And I like that Star Wars at this point emphasizes the layers of rebellion you need rebellion in the senate and the courts you know you need your bail and your mothma you need rebellion uh in the gutters frankly you know with Mm -hmm. saw and with even cassian and 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 guys like draven that are like yeah forget what you heard in there kill him yeah things like that but you also need rebellion on the streets and where (laughs) you're Grassroots you,
1: politics. Yeah, where you buy your groceries. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. the
0: market of La Pal. Yeah. You, you need it out back in the fields. Like it, You actually do need every single step of it. And that's, of course, a huge part of the storytelling of the whole show, but particularly the end of season one and beginning of two, is that tying of the bow, the cells are coming together now. And, yeah. of course, they wouldn't have a unified military front until Scarif, but this is honestly the thesis statement of rebellion which is something that you and i talk about so much in terms of like bad batch and resistance Mm. is like the star wars titles are thematic statements the star wars titles are they're like traffic lights or or signs like they are they're there to let you know where we're going what we're doing um and i like that this show is like we called it star wars rebels doesn't mean you're gonna see leia doesn't mean you're gonna see mothma bail i mean you will but it, it touches on things in such a different way and from a different angle um, yeah. that we would see in all of these shows
1: yeah and something i've always really loved um it's just you know it's a small detail and it's certainly not vague <laughs> um but i love how just in this season episode one to the final one you go just through title spark to fire um yeah And, and it's just, it's, it's so great to have, you know, you take, you take the time to get there too. Like, it's not usually the the fire comes pretty quickly (laughs) after a spark, Um, but you know, you, they take their time in getting there. And then I think the finale for season one is very earned when you get your big moment at the end. Right. But I I always thought that was just such a, you know, a, a little clever, a clever trick in, in titling, you know, just really, really sets the tone. what what's about to happen
0: yeah absolutely so i think that you know our big takeaways here before we move into the recon it's that idea of activism it's the idea of embracing the smallness you know they they knew again like we said like they had complete awareness of what they were up against they had complete awareness of their reduced resources as storytellers but that is sort of what george imparted on Dave Filoni I've said this before and I'll say it again and I'm sure I'll say it a hundred times on this show I would kill I wouldn't actually kill but maybe (laughs) I would kill to know what uh, George Lucas thinks of Star Wars Rebels in a lot of ways it's like watching Dave Filoni as supervisor take the lessons and get kicked out of the nest and so now it's like oh George Lucas had you he had you learn how to do a whole show in, in 3D previs and make it like a movie well now you don't have that anymore And you don't have George Foot in the bill. You know, Rebels was made with storyboarding and it forced Dave to combine what he learned with George and also what he was doing on like Last Airbender and his traditional training. And Mm -hmm. so it's just this beautiful marriage of so much Star Wars, so much real life turmoil, I guess, with the business side of things. Um, I read up a little bit before the show that Lucasfilm Animation had lots of layoffs before the show went into production, Mm -hmm. you know, after the cancellation of Clone Wars. So it's just a really... um, it's got moxie, you know. It's got spirit. It's got yeah, um, punching up early on, yeah, which I appreciate.
1: Underdog mentality, you know, yeah. Um, yeah it's it's super cool, and it, and it's always it's always something you you see a lot in a lot of different art, and that's you know sometimes the constraints bring the best out, right? Mm-hmm. Because like sometimes you see it in theater, like maybe the the most creative use of what you have of lighting of of the stage of you know what what one actor can give you you know costuming you can't you can't have like so many different uh costume changes right because you're, you're sort of too active to change and um yeah i think constraints it's like what, what's it uh diamonds are are oh, diamonds forged under, under pressure. pressure or something yeah. yeah and it's like it's uh i think rebels really um encapsulates that spirit
0: absolutely i think that you said it so well, uh, said it perfectly there. The the entire idea of being backed into a corner. I mean, that in a lot of ways. The story of all Star Wars you know, yeah. is, is, is even with Mandalorian, you know, that spirit of we need to figure out how to make sure that this is seamless with cinema, um, but with this much of the money and yeah. any amount of money. How do we do that? Well, let me tell you about Game Engine. Right? <laughs> uh, let me back on Lion King. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah and I, and I circa circa 2014 johnny Fabs was off making chef so he was rejuvenating yeah. his mind over here while filoni was over here uh, gearing up uh his journey and i think this is a, such a phenomenal start to the show and again with context there's so much you could pick up on like we said with sabine and uh being a young woman forced into this stuff zeb and his fear and his his capacity for guilt too is that zeb is yeah zeb could definitely be guilted and begrudged into things and of course Kanan and Hera as parents so we're gonna head over to the recon now we've got that queued up again handy dandy playlist over and i might actually put the link to the playlist in the episode descriptions um, yeah. to make it easy for everybody if they would like to jump in here this was a a a great first step uh, rebels recon predates the star Wars show mm-hmm. and rebels recon was sort of the first thing um, that gave Lucasfilm as an office, as a company that added flavor. Cause star wars.com was always a great place, but rebels recon gave it that visual element and made it feel alive. And there was bits and there was comedy. and Yeah.
1: And really just a great read of the um, sort of like the, the fandom culture. Mm-hmm. of you know getting getting into youtube right like yeah. and uh and putting putting this because yeah you, i think clone wars would do articles like basically like this but like in article form yeah. and, you know maybe maybe that was less engaged with especially with like maybe kids you know um whereas yeah this going up on youtube this going up on socials um it was it was a good just like read of the of the landscape and and to this day something i miss terribly like yeah. I, oh. I wish every show did something like this.
0: And it's like, yes, we know, like, uh, we're going to save it for the gallery. And I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah. But it would be
0: great to have something like this again. So we are queued up here on this first uh, five and a half minute episode. And I'm going to count us in right now. It's uh, three, two, one, go. StarWars.com originals. Andy Gutierrez. What a legend. Lover. Also just a great time capsule, you know. Andy's no longer full time with Star Wars, she still hosts Star Wars show, uh when mm. that's around. But in
1: celebration. In
0: celebration, of course. And but yeah, this, this video was posted October twenty fourteen. It's so wow. wild. <laughs> it's yeah.
1: so wild. Yeah, it's it, there's a lot of that. Even just hearing that opening, even the rebels like mm-hmm. title fanfare in the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> It's a, uh, they're just like those audio cues that send you somewhere. Yep. 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 We talked uh, about this, Andy. <laughs> yep, we talked about this stuff. Love all this. And <laughs> boot in the face. Something I also love about Rebels Recon, it almost like developed its own fandom. Oh, for with, sure. Like with the running gags. The Pablo cam. The, the gags. Chopper Cam. The yeah. Chopper the cam. Pablo. Yeah, it's it's all super cool. Oh my uh, god. The premiere. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Everyone's Vanessa, so little.
0: Tia Everybody oh, looks man. so young. And like look at how small like the little stage step and repeat is and Yeah. Oh
1: it's so because great. I remember the um the season 2 premiere little red carpet took place at celebration 2015 yeah and then and then by by 4 they were doing their own thing, like thing right uh it it's so great just to see how these grow
0: i love that bit there of uh that bit of of steve bloom talking about developing that voice mhm tito ortiz was at
1: the premiere of this that's thing? hilarious What?
0: There he is. Oh, Dave. Oh. They showed it to George. I forgot about that. There we go. That's fantastic. George loved it. Oh look, you can see AJ in the background there. I love seeing the Lucasfilm team get the highlight. Yeah. There we go. Our first (laughs) job.
1: Oh
0: my god. The, The Java the Hut. Lucasfilm coffee shop.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's great art. Yeah.
0: Force Unleashed 2 back there. Joel Aaron, the CGFX supervisor. Absolutely rocking it still. Oh, my God. He's a great follow um, and just absolutely crushing it. Behind Andy Gutierrez in this recon, you could see some great... uh, Artwork, the headshots of the Ghost Crew as like wanted posters.
1: Yeah, there's
0: Pablo and Killian Plunkett. The art super director.
1: underrated presence,
0: Killian oh, Plunkett, yeah. man. Killian's wonderful. This is almost ten years old. <laughs> Don't say that to me. Say something so hurtful.
1: <laughs> hey, we're like, not quite, but we're getting there.
0: I mean, like, Pablo is, like, less gray in this. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Probably people
1: left him alone more at this point in life. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was
0: peaceful. He had one Twitter account. Yeah, oh, there's Keith Kellogg. Another, another
1: huge presence. Still, still rocking. Yeah.
0: Keith Kellogg handles a lot of the, uh, the lighting, correct? I yeah.
1: I think that's what's so cool about um, animation as well. It's, like, the holdover. You know, it, people mm-hmm. really become legends amongst these shows
0: yeah and that's the thing about star wars that i have always loved and that i talk about a lot on the Octo radio main show uh, is that star wars makes heroes out of everyone involved which even something that we love like marvel really the only behind the scenes person that anyone knows is kevin Feige and the director yeah um but these just uh oh can i still tweet hashtag rebels you <laughs> have oh a question God. about rebels
1: <laughs> let's add it at Star Wars, hashtag uh, Rebel. Oh, we don't get a Pablo question yet.
0: No, I, they had not fully. Did, Rebel's Recon was at its infancy here. Yeah. Uh, they probably got
1: so many questions. Oh, so great. And
0: then, of course, we got a clip here of Droids in Distress, the next episode yeah. that we'll be covering on the show. Well, that's nice. The Recon gives me a little preview, so like a tee up the next episode. I forgot. I think they that.
1: do that all the time, right? I, I they always they gave a clip. I believe so, yeah. Oh, that's, that's- wonderful. That's another funny thing just seeing the Disney XD logoing. Yeah, you know. which
0: still alive but nowhere near as important as it once was. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so there's that Rebels Recon and a great way Amazing. To close it out after our thematic conversation we have some fun there revisiting these and as the recon's go on they do start to include some pretty big interviews, um, some deep dives and occasionally you get like a like a 20 minute recon special with Dave and stuff. Yeah. So, very excited to continue to dive into those. But for right now, why don't you let everybody know
1: where they can find you? For sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at McQuishus, N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. You can listen to my other Star Wars podcast, my main Star Wars E show, the Imperial Senate podcast, at Imp Senate Pod on Twitter and Apple Podcasts. And then you can listen to me and Alden do uh, the One and Done Film Club, which is a super awesome thing we do with our friend Reed, talking about some great movies, Uh, you can find that at one, the letter N done show.
0: And then, as for me, you can find me personally at ad underscore strider on Twitter, on Instagram at a period d period strider. And then also check out, of course, the Mandatorian Creed, Tori Fox's show here on Octo Radio, our sister show. um Her next season is going to be coming out soon, diving into star tours. And this is such a great start to the show. I'm so excited about all this stuff. Tweet us, let us know if you're watching along, let us know what you are enjoying about revisiting Rebels. If this is your first time, I'd especially love to hear that perspective. Um, um, maybe you're somebody that's like I don't mind them, you know. Breaking it down as I go, uh, mm-hmm. I would love to know uh, sort of what rewatching it is doing for your experience.
1: We need our own hashtag. Oh yeah, we can't do we can't do rebels re-watches too. Someone's already done that probably. Rebels
0: recon recon. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag rebels recon recon. Rebels recon recon. Yeah, if you, you want to send us a. Uh... Any specific questions or you could just tweet uh octa radio everywhere on your social at a h c h t o radio that is for uh octa radio proper mandatory creed a rewatch between worlds um this has been such an excellent start nikki thank you so much for joining me again on this ride uh, yeah thank you a lot of fun We'll see you next week. Uh, of course, we started off with um, a prologue episode and episode one. Now we're going to be going on to a one episode a week. And if there's going to be any special type of interview or anything, we'll let you know in advance. Um, we'll let you know if we're going to be taking a week off to do an interview or how we're going to do that. If we double up, you'll you'll get all the intel, of course, on our socials. So for right now, I get to hit everybody with my new favorite sign-off. Lothrat, Lothcat, Run, pick a path, and all is done. Catch you next time.